Hello, listeners. I am Uzenga Curry, AUSA's Director of Education and Programs, and this is a special edition of AUSA's Army Matters podcast. This series will focus on education and leadership. Today, I am joined by Colonel Retired Billy Wells, who is the Senior Vice President for Leadership and Global Engagement at the University of North Georgia. I am also joined by Ken Tyler, who is the Vice President of Development at the George C. Marshall International Center. Gentlemen, welcome, welcome. Good to be here. I truly appreciate both of you joining me today, and I'm excited about spotlighting the various leadership institutions as well as centers. I'm going to start off by asking you to share a little bit about yourself as well as your background, and then we could dive into the conversation about the University of North Georgia as well as the George C. Marshall International Center. So, Colonel Wells, please start off by sharing a bit about yourself, your background professionally, and maybe a little personally if you choose. I'm a retired military officer, a colonel, with 30 years experience. I'm an infantry officer. I have literally served in every type of infantry, from mechanized to airborne to ranger, whatever. Of course, that had a huge impression on me in my career. And one of the things that it impressed me with all the different places I've been and the other jobs I've held is the need for education for our future leaders beyond just ROTC. And I'll get into that a little bit more in the discussion. I was commissioned in 1975 as a second lieutenant in the infantry. I have progressed through the ranks with regard to education from Mississippi State University for my undergraduate, LSU for my master's program, and Vanderbilt for my doctoral program. I do have a great understanding of education and its importance and its importance to the military as well. Well, thank you for sharing. We're going to move to Mr. Tyler. Will you share a little bit about yourself, please? Thank you, and uh, I want to start by thanking Colonel Wells for his long and distinguished career. Thank you to your, for your service to our country. I have a son who is a young Navy officer. He's just beginning his journey uh, of service in the military, and I have a newfound appreciation and always have had a respect, but is hitting a little closer to home here lately, so thank you for your service. I came to the George Marshall Center after a fairly long career, 26 years in college athletics. I was a college basketball player at William & Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. Began a career in teaching and coaching at the high school level for four years and then transitioned to become a college basketball coach and sometimes lecturer, part-time professor as well. And then spent the last 10 years of my career as a college director of athletics and also doing a bit of teaching on the side. And I continue to do that, teaching part-time now at George Mason University. But in all of my experiences as a coach and a director of athletics, I was charged with, and you know, sort of a necessary part of the job was partnerships and opportunities to identify resources for our organizations and, and all fundraising. And uh, so the move to a development opportunity at the Marshall Center made some sense for me. But really, what spoke to me the most, uh, and it's similar to what Colonel Wells just referenced, is the opportunity to leverage the power 
of education and leadership together to impact lives. And really, really proud to be associated with one of the greatest military officers in our history, George C. Marshall, who lived right here in our community in Leesburg, Virginia, was a terrific citizen of the town and presented selfless service and character-driven integrity in such a way that is certainly still relevant today. And an opportunity to combine my background in education and development, along with being a lifelong student and teacher of leadership, is what brought me to the George C. Marshall Center and excited about the work that we're doing here. I got to tell you, Ken just won my heart. My father was a coach. (laughs) Got to tell you, that's one of the most wonderful opportunities for leadership development. Amen. Exactly. I agree with you. And I've always felt that there are some parallels. Uh, Certainly the stakes are much, much higher in the military, but there are some parallels between lessons learned and relationships fostered between athletics and military service. And I've always looked to individuals in the military and examples from the military to inspire and motivate the athletes and staff that I work with throughout my career in athletics. And my son is a former athlete, and he's using those lessons now, as I mentioned, as a young Navy officer. And I also want to congratulate Colonel Wells for, it appears, traveling through half of the Southeastern Conference, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and I can't even remember the other one you said that you uh, you went to. But LSU, how could I forget? Yeah. Half of the SEC, uh, the Power Conference, it's in the news again lately here, so that's good stuff. What I I like to say is, on every weekend, I win somewhere. (laughs) You have it covered for sure. You definitely have it covered. Love, love the connection, and I thank you, gentlemen, for sharing a little bit about yourself. So now we're going to dive in into the meat of the discussion. So, Billy, I want to focus on you first. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the University of North Georgia. You know, when was it established as well as the mission? Yes, well, we were established in 1873. One of the things that happened out of that, our great-great-grandparents, I guess you could say, were very adamant that there would be a military program associated with the college. And so the Corps of Cadets was born. We're also, I believe, the first Co-curricular, a college that has both women and men who were part of the program from the very beginning in terms of our graduates. I guess the other thing is that the military program has always been a part of our heritage. We are one of six, only six now, senior military colleges. The others are Virginia Tech, VMI, Norwich, Texas A&M, and I think the Citadel, and I think that's about it. The uniqueness of our institution And uh, as a result, our our close relationship with AUSA is that we are the only SMC senior military college that's Army only. Frankly, that simplifies life for us. But at the same time, we are very, very attuned to the heritage and respect for the other services to the point that every year when there are the birthdays of every service, we make a special time to commemorate that birthday. With birthday cake down the Military Leadership Center, we invite all the veterans we can find from that particular service, anybody else that wants to come, to commemorate that. So we view jointness in terms of total victory as a great thing, but our emphasis is on two things. First is producing the very best tactical officers for the United States Army that we can produce, and also with a number of programs we've established over the last 10 years or so, to provide them a foundation 
to also be a strategic leader. To us, that's very, very important. No, I appreciate you sharing. And of course, I'm a little biased being an Army brat as well as working here for AUSA. But, you know, North Georgia is an exceptional college, but they have a couple of things, I'll say, hidden jewels that maybe people wouldn't know. So I want to kind of spotlight those. So I read that University of North Georgia has been regarded by Forbes in 2018 as well as 2019 as one of America's best value colleges. And I saw the interesting fact that UNG has been recognized as being the top college in Georgia where students have the lowest student debt. I mean, that speaks volumes. So I would love for you to share a little bit about that as well as any other recognitions that University of North Georgia may have. I think the student affairs folks here who work all those issues with regard to the funding of the kids who come here, not just in the Corps Cadets, but across the student population, they're just top flight. And we are very, very proud of our ability to make certain that we don't have kids who carry debt forward. Some of that is Pell Grants. Some of those are ROTC scholarships. There are all sorts of avenues for these kids that make certain that they can graduate without some huge debt overload, which you're going to see in a lot of other places in the country. I got to tell you, my boss, the president, Dr. Jacobs, she is absolutely all about that. And we do a great job making sure that these kids get out of here with a degree that will get them employment, but also they don't carry a whole lot of debt with them. Wish I'd gone here. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I would second that. And I just wanted to note it because some of our listeners, the demographic is of the younger generation, and so they might look towards UNG as an opportunity. So let me lean towards Ken, and let's talk about George C. Marshall International Center. So I have the same question as my first one, and hoping you can share a little bit about the establishment as well as the mission of the center. The Marshall Center is an incredible place and really operates on two distinct tracks, if you will. We do operate General Marshall's home here, which is Dodona Manor, derives from the Greek a restful place under the trees, a beautiful small estate here right in downtown Leesburg, Virginia, on about four and a half acres that is open for tours, as well as the grounds and gardens are open to the public. And it's always gratifying to see people strolling through the grounds and taking time to admire the house and gardens and hopefully learn a little bit more about George C. Marshall. The other track that we operate is the one that we're talking about today, and that is being a leader in the space of education and leadership development, grounded in the lessons and legacies of one of the greatest Americans of the 20th century. General George C. Marshall was the chief of staff of the Army during World War II, and while he may not be as well known as other generals like MacArthur, Patton, Eisenhower, most people don't know that Marshall was actually all of their boss, and he's the one who coordinated the planning that ultimately resulted in an Allied victory, of course. And after World War II, when many individuals would have been content to rest on their laurels and cash in, if you will, General Marshall continued to serve his country as Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, President of the American Red Cross, And, oh, by the way, was the architect of a little thing called the European Recovery Plan, otherwise known as the Marshall Plan, for which he won the Nobel Peace Prize 
1953. And so what we have is this incredible embodiment of the man and his legacy here in his home. And what we've done is created opportunities and curriculums, engagements that use the lessons of General Marshall to prove relevant to issues of today. And so we do that with programming throughout the year, like book clubs and foreign policy forums, ethical leadership conference, innovation awards, gala, special commemoration on Veterans Day, celebrations on July 4th. It all comes together in a way that we hope presents a clear, coherent picture of what character-driven leadership is all about, as modeled by General George C. Marshall. Just to maybe finish with what you asked me first, it's an incredible story about how the Marshall Center came to be and to Dona Manor. The estate was saved the late 1980s, early 1990s. It's hard to imagine now, but this house and grounds were in extreme disrepair and were actually slated for destruction. They were going to build a shopping center here, which is just mind-boggling to think about now. But a incredible groundswell of support, which started here locally in the Leesburg, Virginia area, which grew to a worldwide effort, including some 1,500 different people, raised $10 million over 10 years to save and restore the house and grounds and to establish the formation of the George C. Marshall International Center. And many of those supporters came from Europe, where Marshall is loved and revered for not only helping the Allies win World War II, but also for his Marshall Plan, which put Europe back on its feet to recovery after the war. So it's really an incredible story. It's an incredible legacy. And our charge is to spread the word, to make sure that people understand that Marshall's lessons and legacies are still needed and still valued today. As we face challenges with COVID or social justice or whatever the issues may be, character-driven leadership never goes out of style. And that is why you see politicians or other organizations saying we need a, quote, Marshall plan for this, a Marshall plan for our schools, a Marshall plan for our cities. So that reinforces to us that General Marshall's lessons and legacies are, in fact, still relevant today. If I could, I would say ditto or amen, uh, because that guy was the architect of victory on the military side and the peace front. Thank you, Colonel Wells. Appreciate that. That obviously means a lot coming from someone with your background. And on July 4th, our celebration included a presentation about how Marshall, quote, saved the world twice. And obviously that's a little dramatic to say out loud, but if you really drill down, he was involved in two very much world-saving events, and that was being an architect of victory in the war and then being the architect of the Marshall Plan to make sure that Europe stayed stabilized and didn't collapse into a situation that potentially could have led to World War III. He's an individual that really made an imprint not only on our ancestors, but even on the world today. So I really appreciate you saying that. I appreciate the historical piece that you share, as well as speaking about the leadership piece that we're going to discuss a little bit further. And that is why I wanted to bring you both together 
because both of your entities, institutions, centers, are really focused on leadership programs. And so, Billy, I would love for you to share a little bit about the Cadet Military Leadership Program or any other leadership programs you feel you want to share that UNG provides. Do you have two hours? (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So here's kind of the perspective from us. There are a couple things. And and the other SCs, senior military colleges, have similar programs. They are not necessarily the same as the academy programs. But what we have here at the University of North Georgia is what I would call a leadership laboratory. We have an organization called the Corps Cadets, which is about 750 strong, that is organized very similar to an infantry battalion or brigade. And so progressively, from the time you enter as a freshman to the time you graduate as a senior, you have increasing responsibilities and also staff experience that will stand you in good stead once you enter the Army or any other branch of the Armed Forces. This is not what the United States Military Academy does. They have an excellent program, but it's not the same. I know this because one of my son-in-laws recently left there about three years ago when he was attacked. And I got to tell you, USMA, West Point, Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, all of them do an absolutely wonderful job in developing leaders. But our approach is a little different. Our approach is direct contact. What happens is once you become a freshman, you're in the learn-to-be-led kind of environment. When you become a sophomore, you're essentially a young non-commissioned officer. And so you are responsible for your squad. You have to make sure they get to class on time. You have to monitor their academic progress. You have to make sure they stay out of trouble, which for a freshman is kind of a tough thing sometimes. They do all those things that you would expect a young leader at the platoon or above level to be able to do. So when these kids turn out of here with a gold bar, They've had one heck of a lot of experience already. They can identify with the troops they lead for a number of reasons. I think one of those is they have seen some of them not do well, make mistakes, and they've helped correct those mistakes. I guess that's kind of it. A young person who comes here who wants to be an officer in the United States Army or other branches, by the way, we provide them with an experience that will stand them in good stead. They're not going to walk into something they have not seen before. Trust me. One thing that I think is important to note that although UNG is a public senior military college, that it also has civilian programs and other offerings. Billy, will you share a little bit about those programs to include the Boar's Head Brigade? Oh, absolutely. Our institution is a combination. We do, in fact, have military programs and we do, in fact, have civilian programs. Many of the military programs are built upon the Corps Cadets and the grants that are associated with that. There are a couple in particular. We teach, I think it's now up to 11 different languages, and we do that because of what we perceive to be the need of the military. In combination with that, we are an academic center of excellence for cyber defense, designated by the NSA for that particular program. And we are now one of six institutions who are Department of Defense Cyber Institutes. We have built so many programs that are for cadets, but I got to tell you, our civilian students always reap the benefits, and we're happy with that. Because not every cadet is going to commission, and many of our civilian students 
could do wonderful work for the United States government. I will tell you, we have something going on here that other folks need to pay attention to. We are in support of the United States government and all those things that need to happen with regard to defense and especially with regard to cyber. Excellent, excellent. And I see that from the brief time that we have had the opportunity to work together and I continue to look forward to seeing other examples. So thank you for sharing that, Billy. So Ken, you spoke about leadership programs within the Marshall Center, but I would love for you to highlight one area, the Ethical Leadership Conference, I believe is upcoming. So could you tell yes. us a little bit about that? The Marshall Center, we lead robust programs across the entire learning cycle from middle school students through postgraduate and, and professional education. And we engage over 5,000 individuals each year through a variety of means that I may have mentioned earlier, speaker series, leadership seminars, public tours of the Marshall's home, and case study experiences. We hope to inspire future leaders to emulate General Marshall's reputation for selfless service, unwavering integrity, and visionary leadership. What we're trying to do is bring his legacy to life. And one of the initiatives that we're most excited about is the Ethical Leadership Conference, which is coming up August 20th and 21st of this year. And this is the first year that we're offering it. We're calling it Five Star Character in honor of General Marshall, having been one of the few senior military officers to earn the designation of five-star general or admiral. Five-star character is a program designed for rising high school seniors here in the greater Washington, D.C. area, where we will provide a two-day intensive programming for these young men and women that will leverage the lessons from the life and example of General Marshall to demonstrate relevancy to real-world issues that kids are facing today. That's what we ultimately have behind our motto of, quote, inspiring leadership, is we want to uh, inspire the next generation of leaders to consider lives of service in whatever area they go into. And we think the Ethical Leadership Conference is going to be a great entry for that Friday night. We'll have them here at the Dona Manor under a tent with a nice dinner along with their parents, a reception. They'll hear from several speakers, including a member of our board, recently retired General Bruce Crawford, who was the chief information officer of the United States Army, and get an introduction to what we're going to be doing the next day in a classroom setting where our students will be presented with case studies, scenarios where General Marshall had to make life and death type of decisions based around the invasion on D-Day in June of 1944, which was ultimately the initiative that ended the war, and also based around the formation of the Marshall Plan after the war. The curriculum will focus on really eight principles of leadership. That's selflessness, serving the greater good, integrity, doing the right thing, action, mastering the situation, candor, not being afraid to speak your mind, preparation, laying the groundwork, learning and teaching, with sharing the knowledge, fairness, reward the right people, and finally caring, support your troops. We will ask the students to think about those leadership principles and how they are relevant and impact their lives today. And we've got a great faculty of former military officers, some business executives, some local high school teachers, as well as some college students who serve as facilitators for the different groups. And finally, we're keeping this purposely small 
so that we can provide individualized attention. There'll be 50 students or less. And we also are doing this free. So there's no barriers to entry for any student or family. And we're able to do this through some generous sponsorships and partnerships that we've been able to attain. So really, really excited for the Ethical Leadership Conference to launch this year and become a really annual and strong part of what we're all about. Excellent. That is very impressive. You said August 20th and 21st, correct? That is correct. So I want to switch a little bit, but also talk about a conference or symposium with Philly. So UNG has a symposium upcoming, what, spring 2022? Yes. Every year we do a symposium. We shifted due to COVID to the spring semester. But part of that was done before COVID in order to allow students and faculty members a full semester, almost a full academic year, to do research. Our next one has to do with education and national defense. Now, we're all very familiar with the National Education Defense Program and some of the things it does. But I think more broadly writ, we need to look at what's happening in our schools and our universities. And so the challenge, I think, is, as an example, are we teaching civics? Are we teaching civic responsibility? When is the right time to resist? There are all sorts of issues that we have not addressed as a nation, and they all relate internally or externally to national defense. That's our focus for this one in the spring of 2022. Absolutely. AUSA is excited about the symposium, and we are looking to see how we can support UNG in this endeavor. So that's very exciting for both parties. Gentlemen, I have to thank you so much for joining us today. The two of you shared a variety of offerings and the different opportunities that I'm sure enlighten our listeners. And I am just excited about whenever I have an opportunity to speak about the University of North Georgia, as well as the George C. Marshall International Center. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you for your service as well as your military family service. I appreciate all that you do, have done, and continue to do. To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Army Matters podcast on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. The Army Matters podcast series is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's professional association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission to educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and our supporters of a strong national defense. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at AUSA.org. Have a great Army Day. Hua.